With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. It's VSIN, the sports betting network, as we welcome you back. Hour two, we're going to talk to Josh Klein. Does a great job covering the Carolina Panthers on the beat. Riot Report. You can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules. Of course, you've got Carolina at MetLife. The Giants laying three tonight. That total's jumped up to 38 as we say hi to Josh. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Can we talk about the, uh, the, the lifestyle that enables you to bet real, actual dollars and cents on a preseason NFL game? Just like, what, can, we, can we talk for 10 minutes about that? Like that, that seems most interesting, more than actually what's going to happen tonight uh, at MetLife. <laughs> What would, what would be Josh Klein's strategy to betting on a preseason game, one where Carolina's catching three points tonight against the Giants? Why don't you lay it out for us? You know, what's funny is that last week the over the, the total was 37.5 against the Jets, and I thought it was super tasty on the over. But then the Panthers uh, basically couldn't get a first down for almost the entire first half. So it didn't really turn out that well, but <laughs> I I'm always tend to lean towards the over uh, because that end-of-the-bench defense, uh, for most teams during the preseason, tends to be pretty bad. But then you, you just you just end up kicking yourself for almost any bet. I feel like during the preseason, unless you're winning, of course, and then you're a genius. Jamal, let me just yeah, jump, please, let me just ahead. ask one more question. I, uh, Josh sounds like he's got a personality. Let's have some fun with this. Tell us about Bryce Young. Tell us about what it was like when you first met him as far as his size. Were you blown away that he was smaller or bigger than you thought he was going to be? Tell us about his personality. Tell us how his teammates kind of gravitate towards him. Give us the whole picture on Bryce Young. All right. So first of all, telling me that I look like I have a personality is this, this, taking me back to high school. So I appreciate that. That really, it really makes me feel great. Um, but uh, I, so Bryce Young. So we all know he's small, right? I mean, the first time that I saw him, I, I was I was genuinely surprised. I think a lot of people were. But realistically, once you get used to it. And the way that he carries himself, and the way that he understands the game of football. The more that you talk to him, the more that you see him, the more that you interact with him, and the more that you interact with his teammates and his coaches, you see that this guy just has a different kind of mind. You know, like the, I, I don't, I don't want to draw these kind of comparisons, but the way that they would talk about the way, the way that Peyton Manning understood NFL defenses and understood what was happening pre-play, 
it seems like that's where Bryce Young could get to in the future. I'm not saying he's there right now. He hasn't played any NFL games. But realistically, when you talk about the way that he is, when you have offensive linemen that are saying he is going into their meetings and talking about their protection schemes, when you have an offensive coordinator that's talking about the way that Bryce Young is breaking down defenses and breaking down tape, and when you talk to Bryce Young and you're like, hey, what do you do outside of football? And he's like, oh, I don't do anything. I, I you know, there, we, there was rookie minicamp. He had been in Charlotte for about three months, and it was like, hey, you know, what's your experience been like in Charlotte? What have you, what have you seen around the city? And he was like, oh, I've pretty much been at the stadium and the hotel, and that's pretty much it. So this is a guy that, that knows football, that is going to be the smartest guy on the field and know exactly what he's doing every single play. It's, to me, it's not a matter of whether or not he can be good. It's just a matter of whether or not physically he can hold up uh, through an NFL season and through an NFL career. That's obviously the biggest question, right? Josh, you kind of walked right into my next question, which was going to be, can he stay durable? Because Patrick and I are huge uh, fans of Bryce Young. I think he's a tremendous talent. But based on the way this offensive line is played, is this guy going to survive? Uh, That's a great question. Um, I feel like the question of whether a quarterback is going to survive because of the offensive line is a question that they've been asking in Carolina since uh, since the team came into existence in 1995. But uh, I think, you know, this is a guy, he played at Alabama. It's not like he came straight from high school to the NFL, and it's like, oh, he's never taken a hit before. They had big boys playing against the Alabama Crimson Tide. They had big boys playing uh, against them last week for the Jets. He took some hits. He got back up. I think, you know, if you, if you go into every game being like, oh, man, I hope that quarterback doesn't get hurt, then you're going to end up in trouble. So I think you just have to go and skate along and say, this is a guy that's going to, this is, this is who we drafted. This is who is going to be the franchise quarterback for the team and not worry about whether or not he's going to get hurt, whether or not he's going to take too many hits, because ultimately you'll just drive yourself crazy if you think that way. Um, But if your question is, is the Panthers' offensive line good, I think that question is definitely still up in the air. We'll set up the regular season win total and talk about betting in a bit, Josh, but let's continue with vibes, okay? Matt Rule to Frank Reich. You were covering the team last year. Tell us the difference. Just give us an overview of the difference with the two head coaches. Man, when you talk about vibes, I mean, Frank Reich and just, it's not even Frank Reich, right? It's the rest of his staff. He has almost two, over 200 years of coaching experience on that staff. And they just, they, they run an NFL practice. They run NFL training camp. They run, they, they are an NFL coaching staff. When you looked at the team the past three years, there were questions about whether these guys were ready to, coach NFL players. You know, they, they use a lot of like a uh, lot of motivational tactics that maybe worked in college but wouldn't work on, on NFL players that have a huge salary and a huge bank account. So the vibes in Carolina are much different um, than they were the past few years. And I feel like if there is a strength, I mean, there is a strength to this Carolina Panthers team, and it probably is uh, with that coaching staff and just the, the heft of experience that they have. You know, when you look at this team, to me, the one thing that stands out is just the disposition change, it seems like, overall. How much of an impact is that going to have on the field with Bryce Young? You talked about what he brings. You talked about Frank Reich and overall. And then at the top, uh, the, uh, the owner of the, uh, this team, Tepper, kind of give me an idea how his personality cascades onto this team as well. Well, one thing that we know about David Tepper is he doesn't like to lose. And he has said it multiple times that he likes winning and winning, and whether that's on the field or whether that's in finance or whether that's, you know, uh, in any other 
aspect of his business. So he he hates it when they lose. So it's a it's a bad time in that building when they go when they lose on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's a bad week. So I, I think that trickles down a lot. One of the first things that he did was uh, as you enter the uh, the the kind of the corporate offices area, he has a. Uh, he has a big trophy shelf that has an NFC championship trophy and then a big empty shelf where there should be a Super Bowl trophy. And, uh, and that kind of speaks a lot about the kind of owner that David Tepper is. So I think that he, he wants to win in the, I think that, you know, he was a, uh, he brought in a, uh, an inexperienced coach. He took a big swing with that rule. It obviously didn't work. And so now he's going back the other way with a very experienced veteran court NFL guy like Frank Reich and the most, NFL coaches that you can have on staff, and and he's going to see, and he's going to hope that that certainly works. But he likes to make a splash, and you saw it, uh, it with the Panthers trading up from nine to one to to get up, go up there and get Bryce Young. He doesn't like to wait. Josh Klein, sorry, Josh, not to interrupt you, but Riot Report, Carolina Panthers on the beat. Josh, tell me this: the biggest come week one, the biggest strength on the field for the Panthers will be this fill in the blank, and the biggest weakness will be what. Well, uh, I think the biggest weakness is their depth in general. You know, this is a team that has guys that are, are skewed across the offensive, uh, across the, the depth chart on that first string that are, that are good. They have a lot of talent. They brought in uh, basically a brand new, almost every single skill player on this team is brand new, uh, including Bryce Young. So I think that they, are, um, they don't have a ton of depth. So if they have injuries, especially at like the corner position, um, they're, they're going to be in trouble. But I think that the, the front seven of this defense, you look at how much they've invested into that over the past few years. You have guys like Derek Brown. Brian Burns is one of the best up-and-coming edge rushers in the NFL. Jack Thompson is a veteran's leader. They went out and they got Justin Houston as an edge rusher opposite Brian Burns. So I think that they can, uh, and especially with this new kind of 3-4 under scheme that or 4 under that, that Ajiro Evero is going to be running, I think that they're going to have uh, some success, especially early in the season on defense. And, uh, and I think that ultimately it's going to be up to uh, – there, there is no question, right? It is just a question of whether or not Bryce Young is going to be the franchise quarterback, and that is really the only thing that needs to be answered in 2023. Yes, it would be great if they went over their win total. Yes, it would be great if they won the NFC South. But if Bryce Young wins rookie of the year and is their franchise quarterback, looks like the guy that can play there for the next decade – then I think they're, they're, that is enough of an answer for the Carolina Panthers in 2023. Their season win total is 7.5, 4-1 to one to win the division. Where do you see them placing in the NFC South? Because there's a lot of question marks surrounding everybody. So I, I'm such a huge believer in, in quarterback drives everything, right? It, it just seems like that has always been the case. And when you look at the rest of the NFC South, I, I don't see a successful quarterback in Atlanta. I'm sorry, I know a lot of people like them. They're favored to win the NFC South, right? To me, I don't. I just don't see it. I, I feel like this is a similar, a similar team that they had last year. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I don't think is a is a, a quarterback that can produce a winning team. Yes, they added Bijan Robinson, but the reality is, is I, I'm not sure that I trust the Atlanta Falcons. New Orleans Saints have Derek Carr. Uh, he hasn't shown. He has shown that he can be a good quarterback on a bad team, and I think that's what he's going to be in New Orleans. The Bucks are probably going to be among the worst teams in the league. So if you're looking at a team that you might want to throw some money on, the Carolina Panthers are not a bad bet. I mean, just by the strength of their coaching staff and not making mistakes, you feel like in those one-score games they're going to be more successful. And ultimately, if Bryce Young can play 
uh, 17 games and get better over the course of the season. I, I do think that this is kind of, there's certainly a wild card to go over that win total, make the playoffs, uh, or win the NFC South. You sound like a betting man. We're in our last minute here, Josh. So it sounds to me, if you were betting on Bryce Young, you'd say yes at success? I, I would. I, you know, obviously it comes with a caveat of whether or not he can stay healthy, but that's, I mean, that's the, that's the caveat with everybody, right? C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, uh, all these, uh, I was going to say Will Levis, but I feel like he might not be, he might have some other things battling him besides injury risk. Um, but I, I think those are, you know, obviously whether or not they can stay healthy is whether or not they can be successful. Everybody assumes because Bryce Young is smaller that he has a greater chance of being injured. To me, I'm not so sure about that. So, yes, if you're asking me if it's a, if it's a, uh, if it's a binary equation, yes or no, I would bet on Bryce Young being successful. Binary equation. Not only does he have a personality, he's a smarty pants. Josh Klein, Riot Report. He's on the beat for the Panthers at Josh Klein Rules. You killed it, kid. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. What's Bryce Young rookie of the year odds? You guys should know. I'll give it to you. Five to one. Five to one. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for. Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Marseille just got a goal taken away. It's not great if you're over two and a quarter. We say hi and let you know the betting splits are available. Why don't you go check them out? VSIN.com, money and bets for every game. Updated every 10 minutes straight from DraftKings, today's games and future events as well. The betting splits a part of the package. So if you were to sign up right now and grab the college football betting guide, you're going to get the splits. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for everything. Go to VEASAN.com. Check out 
the betting split. Samal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Nottingham Forest and Sheffield United tied up at ones in case you care in the Premier League. Uh, Bundesliga, Amal Shaw, Bayern over Werder right now, 2-0. And then I mentioned Marseille. I always say Marcel, but it's Marseille versus Metz, 1-0. We had a goal that was taken off the board. Uh, but a little soccer. It feels good to have it back. I don't know if you're into it yet. We're just getting started with the new season. I am. I saw Holland with a couple of goals early for Man City. We talked about it last week, and you mentioned it. One of my favorite parts was, it might have been last year or two years ago, was when Marseille got into it in a match. I think it was two years ago, and the commentator goes, oh, and the fans want a piece of Marseille. If you remember, Patrick, when they yeah, came yeah. storming onto the, onto <laughs> I do, the pitch. I, I do remember that. Uh, but, I I, I, you know, you and I are huge fans. It's great to have it back. It's going to be a ton of fun. The only thing that I say negative about European soccer is that Man City... Um, some of these bigger clubs in London, uh, Bayern Munich, uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona. Top-heavy. Top, very top-heavy, and that's the only thing I don't like. Um, you know, to me, I can get into a matchup like you see today between Nottingham Forest and Sheffield United. Um, me too. You, the, these are smaller clubs people won't pay as much of attention to. Bournemouth, all these types of teams that you may not like. I tell you what, Patrick, one of my favorite leagues, and I can't believe it, is the English Championship League. I love it. it. It's competitive. Oh, the championship. It's 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 a top five league in the world. Absolutely. I, I think it's fantastic. And I know people don't pay attention to it because they pay attention in England to Premier League. But I think it's a great league. Well, Leeds and West Brom right now. I believe West Brom just got on the board. 1-0 at Leeds championship. That is, Dustin Sweetelson, your second level mm. of soccer in England. But so proficient. And speaking of which, Sheffield United, who were promoted from the championship last year, tied with Nottingham Forest at 1-1. It's a good job by the promotion team there, big guy. Yeah, uh, obviously everyone knows Sheffield United. Gar Gary owns the team. And then <laughs> Nottingham Forest, that's where Winnie the Pooh's from. <laughs> Here's the thing. You just go to the big guy. If he's 75% right mentally, he's going to have shtick. Now, is it always going to hit? No, he did the pineapple shtick to start the week. It cut his mouth. Like it was, it wasn't good for anybody. But he had the condom shtick earlier, and he had Winnie the Pooh shtick. Like that is that's top notch, Dustin. Congratulations. What, what about Wolves of Brighton tomorrow? Well, uh, Wolves of Brighton. Thought, yeah. Are they related to the Werewolves of London? <laughs> You I should have gone to a different one. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in that basketball game? Remember the, uh, the the basketball game where he started to get hot and he would just, you, you used to play it all oh, the time. NBA Dustin. Jam. Yeah, yeah. What, what, you can, sorry, you, he's on fire. You can buy like the real arcade version of that for like 500 bucks. No, no, you can. You do that. <laughs> no, I was letting you know. My I don't know what you're talking about. My birthday is March 11th. You can buy it for 500 bucks. <laughs> That's a great response. <laughs> no, you certainly can. Uh, you want to talk offensive rookie of the year? We were just talking to Josh, and on the way out, he said, "What's the number for offensive rookie of the year? Is it five to one? Of all, as far as Bryce Young's concerned, he is going to start. What I liked." Reich did it, and I don't know if you guys saw it today, but Rivera finally came out, got in front of it as far as no argument about Howell or Brissett. It is going to be Jacoby Brissett, QB1, week one. So, But I like Reich. He didn't kind of front at all. Look, we moved up to grab this kid. He's going to be starting week one. You see the numbers. Bijan, just because of that usage rate uh, there in Atlanta, he's pretty short at plus 275. 
Five to one on Bryce Young. Let me give him because I know Amal has one. He hasn't revealed who it is. Anthony Richardson at six to one, no chance. Uh, C.J. Stroud eight and a half to one. Jameer Gibbs ten to one, and then J.S.N. fifteen to one. I'll stop there, Amal, and let you run with it. Yeah, a few of them I like here. I think Gibbs is dangerous. Don't like him as much at ten to one. I thought he should have been a little bit longer odds because there are some playmakers on that Lions offense, especially when Jamison Williams gets back after Week Six. We know what Amon Ross St. Brown can do, so I think Gibbs, in terms of catching the ball, it'll be a little bit tougher there. But, guys, I'm going to go away from Robinson and Young and these guys that are short favorites, Stroud and Richardson. I like JSN at 15-1. to 1. I think in that Seattle offense, with what he's capable of doing in the slot, I think he's going to have a monster season. If you can find a prop bet on a season uh, yardage total over, I would look at that. Um, I think Jordan Addison could be dangerous in Minnesota, uh, aligned aside from uh, Justin Jefferson at 17-1. to 1. And then we talked about him a little bit earlier. You mentioned I'm going to give you two more names here. Zay Flowers in Baltimore, 30 to 1. I think Zay Flowers could have a monster year. You guys talked about potentially Lamar having an MVP type of year, exceeding 3,500 and a half yards. Zay Flowers is going to be critical in that. And if the coverage is rolling towards OBJ, I think Flowers has a chance to do very, very well. And then, Patrick, you mentioned this. Jalen Hyatt. I'm going to give you two reasons for him. Number one, you talked about how good he was last year at Tennessee. Absolutely right. And I think there is a benefit to playing in a market like New York. You play for the Giants. If this team is competitive, you're going to pay, play in a ton of marquee football games. I think Jalen Hyatt at 40 to one is not a bad play. These the most of these guys in the short favorites at 10 to one or below. I just don't think it's priced right. I think there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of good players and how they fit into their offenses presently. If he gets the balls, I'm 1,000 percent with you. 15 to one on JSN. I think Seattle could be special this year. By the way, have you guys seen Pete Carroll slanging it at practice? It's weird because everybody wants to talk about, you know, Pete Carroll. He's always got that youthful zing and youthful energy. No, he definitely looks like a dude in his 70s throwing a football to me. <laughs> have you guys seen what, he, what everybody keeps on posting? It looks like a dude really trying to sling a football in his 70s. I'm sorry. It's Pete Carroll. That's what he is. He's been doing this since his days back at SC. I know, but he used to look a little more fluid. He is. He's older than you think because he always has that youthful vibe about him. And as a matter of fact, what's his name? Uh, Belichick's older. He's 71. That's that's not young. Belichick's, I think, the same age, correct? Yeah, but 71's not what it used to. It's not what we think of as 71. Like, when you remember, like, sitcoms that we watched growing up in the 90s, those actors were, like, 38. They dressed like they were 85. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's really like 71 is not what it used to be. But I, I thought he looked good throwing that thing around yesterday. <laughs> throwing that thang. Are you guys both with me on Seattle? Nine and a half's the total. Maybe a true number of nine because it's big time juice. If you want to go under close to 160 on nine and a half, I, you're shaking your head. No, I'll start with you, big guy. I just think we're underestimating. Like, I want to get behind it because I think it makes a lot of sense. And you look at, like, so many of the pieces they've added. They're so, they're so good at player development. I think we got to give them a lot of credit for finding these guys in, like, the third, fourth, fifth round and turning them into players. But I think we're underestimating the fact that all these defensive coordinators co – I can't speak coordinators okay. – are absolute psychopaths. And they spent the entire offseason going, how the heck – did Geno Smith tear us up last year? And now they're coming into this year with all that information, and they're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. And by the way, it's the only time we've ever seen Geno Smith look even halfway competent in the NFL. I Look, I know Mike Samich, who's coming up in about 40 minutes, is a big fan of and a proponent of Seattle this year. Guys, I have tremendous pushback. I, I just don't understand 
the overwhelming affinity for Seattle and Atlanta this year. We've talked about the deficiencies that we all three see with Desmond Ritter. And Dustin just made the mention, when you look at Geno Smith, guys, I think there's some shortcomings that you'll eventually see get exposed. Now, he's got good receiving core, so they're going to be dangerous from that standpoint. But my problem is, when you look at nine wins last year, Patrick, they beat Arizona twice, they beat the Rams twice. Those were some bad, bad football teams for 44% of your wins. And I don't understand the comparison to San Francisco. They played six halves of football against San Francisco. They were not beaten in five out of six. They were thoroughly dominated. It wasn't even close. They are not even in the same area code as the 49ers. I just don't understand how all of a sudden this team with Geno Smith is going to go out and win the NFC West with a team that's the second betting favorite to get to the Super Bowl in the NFC. Samich just sent notes. Hey, Samich, if you're paying attention, do us a favor. Come with your Seattle notes as well because I'd like a retort. That'd be great. Uh, Also, are you... Both of you completely sold on just Brock Purdy. First off, I agree with you on Gino. The drop-off late in the season was real. But if you're hitching your cart to block Brock Purdy, I'm not there with you guys. I swear to you. I'm not over 17. I'm just not there. For the same reason I just said what I said about Gino, it's the same thing applies to Brock Purdy. He went 7-0, and wasn't like he was dominant, but he played very good football, very smart football, has, like Amal said with the Seahawks, a lot of good weapons. But these defensive coordinators now have tape, and they spent months going, how did we let Mr. Irrelevant beat us? We're not going to let him do it again. That's why, look, I think DeMar Hamlin's going to win Comeback Player of the Year, but I'm going to have a couple bucks, a couple shekels on Sam Darnold because I think Sam Darnold in that situation could take things up another notch. Real quick, no chance on Darnold. The Comeback Player of the Year is going to be DeMar Hamlin. If it's not Hamlin, it's going to be John Mechie. It's over. Okay, it's those two guys. But to me, in terms of Purdy, he's in the right situation. It's like Georgia's schedule. 15 teams can go undefeated with Georgia's schedule, but Purdy just has to be serviceable. Just don't wreck the car. You're driving a Ferrari. Coming back from cardiac arrest and cancer gives you a leg up. That's for sure. And that's what, of course, Hamlin and Mechie are doing. And God bless them. We come back. Abe's going to join us. Atlanta Talk next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page, sort by sport, matchup, event time, and more. You can also check out the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting record, records, pardon me, profit, and ROI. Tail fade, whoever's hot, whoever's not. For for VEASAN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up for as little as $19 for your first month. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, our next guest, I was lucky enough to meet through Dustin Sweetelson, and frankly, I think I like him more. He is a savant, and we connected over soccer a couple of World Cups ago. He hasn't written, he hasn't called since, but it's all good. Abe Gordon, he's a host down in Atlanta, 92.9 The Game, The Abe TL Show on Sundays. That's a great job, at Abe Gordon on Twitter. Now, we started connecting over soccer, and we had a ridiculous conversation right before this segment started. The big guy said, make sure you ask Abe about Messi being overrated. Now, I'm going to warn you, this interview will stop in like 30 seconds <laughs> if you do say that Messi is overrated, so tread carefully. Abe, is Messi overrated? 
I do not think that Messi, the player, is overrated. And I understand the numbers and everything with subscribers. We've gone through two weeks down here in Atlanta where I had to remind people that, hey, there's a League's Cup game on tonight. Did you know that Messi is playing? No. People didn't know. People are missing his games. And for a guy to come in where I thought there would be like very obvious pushes to make sure people knew he was playing that night, that hasn't happened. Now, granted, it's the League's Cup, so we'll see when MLS restarts play this weekend. I think it'll be pretty obvious that his games will be featured and people will know when he's playing. I have been shocked, absolutely shocked, at the lack of promotion that Messi has a game tonight. It has gone absolutely under the radar since the time he made his debut. So, I, as a player, look, the run that they are on, winning road games, beating playoff teams, all that stuff, there's no denying the impact he has on the field. I'm just a little surprised that there are entire games that kind of fly under the radar when this guy steps on the pitch. Just to nerd out for a second, so what you're saying, and Omal, I think what Abe's saying is the star that is Messi hasn't necessarily translated to the States. But what you and I can agree on, Abe, is because you follow MLS as well. They just went to the Philadelphia Union, and again, Inter-Miami was the worst team in MLS soccer before Messi got there. They just went up to Philly and toyed with potentially, over the last five years, the best team in MLS. Like, what he's doing is ridiculous with this team. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, and it's interesting because it's not just him, but, but he's obviously the inspiration for it. But, like, Joseph Martinez, a guy that started here for Atlanta United, he was a league MVP, and he was invisible. And, and yep. since Messi, Messi has shown up, he, he's been outstanding. He's scoring goals. He's setting Messi up. He's playing a role that, that fits him probably better. And you're in a situation where, like, in five or six games, Inter-Miami has scored almost as many as they scored in, what, 22 or 23 games before Messi got there. There's no denying the impact of what he's had. And they were the worst team in MLS. And, and you start to wonder, with, like, 10 games left for these teams, can they somehow climb in – I mean, they've only got to get into the playoffs to be as scary as anyone else. I, it's going to be a lot of tough work for them to reach the playoff line. It might be too much to ask, but boy, if they can get there, even if they're seven seed, six seed, they're going to enter as favorites. It's kind of wild to see just how big of a switch they have flipped since he entered the fray. Abe, let's go to a player who's on the same caliber as Messi in his dreams. That's Desmond Ritter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what a transition <laughs> Messi to Ritter I love it keep going none of us here are sold on him Dustin isn't Patrick isn't and I'm not tell us where you come out on him I think there's talent around him Arthur Smith we all agree is a very good coach but I don't know what, what's is there not anybody else in the state of Georgia that can play quarterback yeah, I, I mean, I think you have to be realistic about what you're asking him to do. And I think that's the difference on how he can perform and how this team can perform overall. I think when you added Bajan Robinson, it made a very clear statement that you're not asking Desmond Ritter to be Trevor Lawrence. You're asking him to be Ryan Tannehill, uh, to, to, to use a couple of AFC South quarterbacks. And I think that's realistic. I really do. I think it's less about Ritter. Everyone wants to make it about Ritter, and he is the question mark. He can't be absolutely dreadful. 
he can't be terrible. But he doesn't have to go out and do things that other quarterbacks in the league are doing. And you go right over the road to Athens. And, and I know that, that Stetson Bennett, like what he did was, was kind of wild and odd. He's not an ultimately overall talented quarterback. I, he, I looked fine with the Rams week one. He's not their future plan. But that guy led a team to two national championships because of the talent around him. I, I think when you look at Desmond Ritter, he, you just got to let the rest of the talent eat. It's not about him making these tight window throws. It's about just making the right reads. And everyone's hesitant to use the term game manager. I don't know why. Every time we use the term game manager to, to – describe a college quarterback that guy's a winner that guy's got like 40 or 50 career wins and, and is one of the top five bcs guy i mean so when you look at what we're asking ritter to do down here just manage the game get the ball to the playmakers you know you have you got three guys who were drafted top 10 on your offense in a playmaking position. Get those guys the ball. Let them do the work. You don't really have to go out there and be a gunslinger like some other quarterbacks across the league. Abe Gordon killing it, doing a great job. 92-9 the game down in Atlanta. He joins us here on Sharp Money. Will we see Heineke? Let's continue the Ritter conversation, okay? I like what you said. Do we see Heineke? He does have your smiling because it is weird. In D.C., it's like a cult of personality. People just gravitate to this dude. I've joked a million times that he just throws YOLO balls. He doesn't have a strong arm, but his teammates love him. Will we see Heineke this year? You might see him tonight in preseason game number two, but if you're seeing Taylor Heineke, the season's down the drain. I, I mean, you're pretty much stuck with Desmond Ritter, ride or die, if he's healthy. I don't know <laughs> if there's a level of this guy's stinking up the joint to where you get to Heineke. I, I, I mean, look, you could come in and bring Heineke and win a couple games, but ultimately you're trying to build a future here. And if that future's not with Desmond Ritter, it's certainly not with Taylor Heineke long-term. Either Ritter is your long-term quarterback and you start to see that development this year, or you're moving on from him, in my opinion. I, if he's not good enough this year to win you the NFC South and make you threaten potentially a home playoff game and maybe a playoff win, he's not your guy either. And so you're only seeing Heineke in the worst situation, which is where Ritter has gone down. I think even through him potentially playing awful, you still get him playing and not Heineke. When you look at this team defensively, tell me what are some of the strengths you see. And I want to ask you very specifically about a rookie out of Utah, uh, Clark Phillips. Uh, what do you think about him and where he could potentially be? Because he dropped in the draft to, compared to where uh, it looked like he was potentially going to go. Yeah, I mean, let's start there. Clark Phillips is a guy that, in the at the end of the day, just doesn't have the size to play an outside corner in the NFL. He's going to be inside. But I will tell you this. If he was a little bit bigger, he would have been a first-rounder, like you're referencing. This is a guy that was the, the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, and he had flashed in camp big time. Uh, I mean, he made a lot of plays. There was a lot made early on in camp. And, and, and look, we've, we've said it uh, in preseason and training camp don't judge everyone by these one-on-ones and the reps and all that stuff but he and drake london have a thing and day one out there he wanted it and he got an early interception on drake london and this was a guy that has flash he missed a couple of practices due to injury but he's going to be in that discussion along with d alford who we saw have a punt return uh for nickel corner he'll play inside and i think he can have a big impact but you asked about the strength of this defense and it's going to be the secondary uh, with the addition of clark phillips with the alford you get jeff akuda mike hughes trey flowers 
Uh, you got AJ Terrell, who I think is primed for a real big bounce back year in terms of statistics. I think one year, probably statistics were a little over what he was. Last year, they were a little under what he was. Uh, but obviously, the big free agent addition of Jesse Bates is going to really be the cherry on the top of that secondary milkshake. They are really, really talented on that side of the ball. And if you can get some sort of pass rush, which is ultimately the question with this defense, uh, that's where you can really see the secondary take control of some of these games. Quick answer. We'll come back, Abe, and continue the conversation. The biggest strength for the Falcons is what? And the biggest weakness is what going into the year? The biggest weakness is probably health. Like, we just don't know about Kyle Pitts. And if you don't have Kyle Pitts, I think the offense falls apart, to be honest. You're pretty weak on the offensive line in depth as well. Uh, and But the strength is also in that realm. It's playmakers. They've got more playmakers than almost every team in the NFL. Bajan, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, let those guys get the ball, and let's see how much work they can get in. Look at him. He didn't even want to be a host. Now he's killing it. He's Abe Gordon down in Atlanta, and we're going to continue the conversation. We'll talk about that division as well. Talking Atlanta sports with Abe next here at Sharp Money. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. More with Abe. Don't call me Gabe coming up. But first, check out vsin.com slash subscribe. Power ratings, picks, previews, predictions, and pro. As in, why don't you become a pro subscriber and get an all-access pass to our betting tools, betting splits, and the 2023 college football betting guides. And you get the NFL guide as well. Everything's there. 199 bucks through the Super Bowl. You don't have to worry about anything. Or just want to slow roll it. 19 bucks first month. Give it a try. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for more information. Abe Gordon, host over at 92.9 The Game. Of course, you can find him at Abe Gordon on Twitter. Another segment. He earned it. We were talking about the Atlanta Falcons. And, of course, your second betting favorite in division behind the Saints. I want to ask you both 
Amal and Abe about that. Uh, before we do, you saw Arthur Smith. He got on with McAfee the other day, kind of starting to show his personality a little bit. He does seem to have a very good dry personality. And I like him because he's kind of carved out his own lane. Whether or not you agree with predominantly running the football, at least he has his own philosophy. Have you gotten to know Smith as a coach and as a person? Let's hear about it. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I actually kind of want to go against what you're saying with that running philosophy. I don't think that's what you're going to see as much of as people would expect. It's obviously still going to be a huge part of the game when you have Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier uh, off his second year, went for over a thousand yards in a rookie season where he didn't even play the entire year. I, I, but I, I'd be surprised. Ritter's going to toss that ball around. You just have too many playmakers and Bijan Robinson is not going to carry the ball 20 times a game. He may have 20 touches, but he's not going to carry the ball 20 times a game. I, I think what we saw last year and what we've seen in, in Arthur Smith's first couple of years is really going to be in transition to what we see this year. But I will say this. Arthur Smith has this like crazy, surly personality that I enjoy the heck out of. I can't get enough out of it. And, and it's so different than what we've had for other coaches here and, and really in, in any of the sports here in Atlanta. And, and he's just so interesting. He's got, you know, there's a little bit of Mike Leach to him. Uh, but but there's a little bit of Bill Belichick to him. It, it, it's very interesting, the mixture that is Arthur Smith. Obviously, he popped out of nowhere with the mustache this year, and that has caught on, and it takes a certain kind of guy to pull off a mustache. Uh, I, I love Arthur Smith, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see if the team can kind of gain its its moniker and chemistry and, and culture from from what he's putting out there. Abe, you mentioned the running game. Last year they were tremendous, averaging almost five yards per carry, whether it was Algier or Patterson. Even we saw Mariota, who's no longer there now in Philadelphia. But uh, how does this offense change now when you've got Bijan Robinson in there with Algier and Patterson? Because these both guys in the backfield were incredibly effective. Yeah, it's a great question, and that's one of the things that remains to be seen. But I will say this. I think what you saw last year – largely was forced into what Arthur Smith had to do. I, I mean, Kyle Pitts isn't healthy for a part of the year. Drake London's not healthy for a part of the year. Mariota is throwing hand grenades all over the field. Who knows where the ball's going? And, and I think they kind of had to run. And look, the offensive line is better in the run game than it is in the pass game. I don't think you can deny that, especially with what you've got going on with right tackle Caleb McGarry and his strengths and weaknesses. But I do think a lot of that was forced. And I think they would have thrown the ball a little bit more if they had the opportunity to have that as a successful part of their game plan. That's why I think you are going to see that a little bit more. And you also may see kind of like what the Patriots did with uh, with these short passes to Bajan kind of serving as part of your run game. That's going to be playing its role as well. But uh, look, they were, what, third in the NFL in running overall last year. And like you said, part of that was for Mariota and what he was doing with his legs, too. I'm not so sure they're going to be that high uh, across the league in terms of rushing this year. I just think, again, too many playmakers on offense. You spent too many high draft picks to turn, and no offense to Tyler Algier, to then hand it to a fifth rounder. That's a very good point there. Patrick, don't like the disrespect to my guy from Hawaii. 
That was just intentional for Patrick well, and I, Dustin. Well, two things I was going to say. One, his pronunciation of Bijan Robinson is akin to your pronunciation of Hawaii. He says Bijan, which is very French. And you say Hawaii, like Hawaii, which is very bougie. So there's a lot going on here with pronunciations. Let's be fair. It was intentional the for these guys. The Bijan Bijan thing just happened this week. We have all been saying Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. The question was asked of him earlier this week, and he says, even though he himself refers to himself as Bijan, his mama calls him Bijan. And so I'm going to call him Bijan. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go with mom. Let's bring the four of us in. Let's bring the big guy. You can talk to one of your best friends here. Abe Gordon joins us. Of course, sports talk down in Atlanta. I want to talk about the division. I just want to go around and get everybody's take. The Saints are plus 120. That does feel, Amal, it feels a little short to me. The Falcons, 215. You and I, not as high as others on the Falcons. The Panthers, 4-1. to one, And the Bucks. you can toss them at 8-1. to one. Um, Where are you going? Plus 120, 215, 4-1 on the three big dogs, if you want to consider the Panthers in the mix there, Amal. I would go with the Saints here. And, guys, the reason why is very simple. The best unit in this division belongs to the New Orleans Saints on the defensive side of the ball. They were so dominant over the last 9, 10 weeks of the season. Okay. Big guy, where are you going? Well, this is awkward that I have to speak to Abe because he calls me all the time, and I honestly ignore almost every – I haven't talked to him in months. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I needed him today because I couldn't get a Giants guest, and all the Falcons guys were heading to the stadium, so he bailed wait, me wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can you at least admit to him I asked you a month ago – could we get Abe yes, on the show? You did. did I not? <laughs> you did. And I'm sure he probably called me sometime between then and I didn't answer. So for being totally <laughs> fair, a little bit awkward. Uh, <laughs> as far as the South goes, uh, I, I think the Saints at 120 are just, too, it's too easy. Like it makes too much sense. So I have to like now second guess myself. If I'm going to say that I don't take much out of the preseason negatively or positively, I have to ignore what's going on with the Panthers offensive line. I think the Panthers at four to one are a really interesting Ooh. number. I like that, Dustin. Uh, okay, I'm going to say I just I'm going to double talk. I just said the Saints seem short at plus one twenty. I like the Saints in this division. Now we go to Abe to get the answer. Saints, Falcons, Panthers, one twenty, two fifteen, four to one on the Panthers. Before you give your take in division, would you like to give your take on the friendship with Dustin Sweetelson? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, look, he's not the first person or only person that ignores my phone calls. I never know what time of day to wake up the big guy. So, uh, I, you know, it, it's kind of a blind toss and see what happens. You know, I, I should I should send a text first, maybe and see if he's up. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll keep stepping up to that plate, swing and miss. It's all good. <laughs> You're an easygoing guy. You're not affected by it. That's why we love you. Okay, in division, do the Falcons get it done? Plus 215. Yeah, I'm not in love with the Saints. I, I know a lot of people want to ride with them. You speak about the defense. The Atlanta Falcons stole two of their mainstays on defense. They also stole one of their uh, you know, co-defensive coordinator in Ryan Nielsen. I I'm not buying that defense being as dominant as they are. Cam Jordan at some point is going to get old. Uh, so we'll see how that plays. And, and come on, like, Derek Carr's a loser. Like, he's been a loser <laughs> his whole career. No, I mean, what does he want? What does he want? And you're paying the guy $40 million. So, uh, you know, look, to me, it's the Falcons and the Panthers. If the Panthers can get that defense set, that young defense set, and, and my goodness, if they can protect 
Bryce Young and he turns into that dude. That, that to me, is dangerous. I like what they did on offense, the, some of the additions they made. Running back, uh, although Miles Sanders has to stay healthy. Uh, wide receiver and Adam Thielen. But, look, I, I'm going to go with the Pan, or with the Falcons. I, I just I don't see a way with their la- with their schedule. Like, they're winning 10 games. That That's enough to win this crappy division. And, look, whoever wins the division is probably into the playoffs and out almost as quickly. I think, you know, no, no one's going to have crazy high expectations. But, look, the Falcons get Bryce Young game one. Season opener at home, I'll be there. If you win that game, you've already got a huge leg up uh, if, if there's tiebreakers, stuff like that. So uh, I, I like the Falcons. I think they can get off to a, a fast start, at least three and two, if not four and one. Uh, and, and it's all downhill from there. And, and you're, again, you're just not asking Desmond Ritter to do much. you got to let other guys get their work in, and they will. And, and the Falcons are going to win 10 or 11 games this year. Yeah, Patrick, wow. I, I love his assessment of Derek Carr because that's something I would say. But I can tell you right now, nobody's ever looked at Desmond Ritter and said, that guy's a winner. <laughs> well, for me, it was the presentation and delivery. I thought his Skype dropped, and Abe dramatically paused and said, let's be honest, pause. Derek Carr's a loser. <laughs> like It was like, <laughs> mic drop. That's all you needed to say. He is Abe Gordon, 92.9, the game host. Check him out on Sundays. Moving to Saturdays as well for college football at Abe Gordon on Twitter. Thank you, Abe. Great job. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Derek, Carr. Derek Carr is a loser. That got me. That got me. Uh, Samich is next. Sharp Money on a Friday. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.